It was the morning after a presidential election here in the United States, and I beat my breakfast partner to the restaurant. When he arrived, he sat down, looked me in the eye, and the first thing he said was, Well, I guess I voted for the wrong guy. Welcome. Hello, world. This is Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Always Be Ready segment, where we supplement our daily Bible read-through with a short exploration of an idea that relates to us thinking more strategically and living more effectively as Sunday morning touches down on Monday morning. Tomorrow is a rather momentous election here in the United States. There is no president on the ballot, but there is still no shortage of angst and consternation going around. My friend's comment about voting for the losing candidate was his theological nod to Deuteronomy 17.15, which says, You are to appoint over you the king the Lord your God chooses. Now, to be fair and to be clear, we are not Israel, the United States isn't a theocracy, and we have a hypothetically democratically elected president, not a king. But I want you to think about this. Can we just reflect for a moment? Something a little different for our Always Be Ready segment. As we head to the polls tomorrow, let's just be ready by way of reading and reflecting that passage in Deuteronomy 17. And maybe just asking a question or two of ourselves. Today's point is not about politics. It's about human hearts. So Deuteronomy 17, beginning in verse 14, this is 14 to 20 is kind of the passage about kings. Here we go. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, take possession of it, live in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations around me. You are to appoint over you the king the Lord your God chooses. Appoint a king from your brothers. You are not to set a foreigner over you, or one who is not of your people. Okay, that's verses 14 and 15. We'll keep going, but think about this. Remember that the Lord's plan ultimately wasn't, was that there was no king, right? He is our Lord. We see it in Genesis 1. We see it in Revelation 21 and 22. But think about this principle. What about this principle of not having divided loyalties by way of having a king who is a foreigner. My friends, that's actually, of course, the law here in the United States. It's probably where it comes from. And here in the States, you have to be an American to be an elected president. But is there something even deeper here? What might happen if we elected one of God's people so that, in a way, that read to us, Be sure to select a king from among your brothers. Be sure to elect an appointed official from among your brothers and sisters in Christ. Someone who is truly submitted to the Lord and filled with the Holy Spirit. My friends, that does not guarantee their political success, <laughs> right? Be, let me be clear. But it would be consistent in a way with what we just read, that ultimate loyalty, at least potentially, would be to the Lord in a way that isn't possible if they're not a Jesus follower. 
Next couple verses. However, he must not acquire many horses for himself or send the people back to Egypt to acquire many horses. For the Lord has told you, you are never to go back that way again. He must not acquire many wives for himself so that his heart won't go astray. He must not acquire very large amounts of silver and gold for himself. Now, my friends, I'm just going to start at the end there. That's not an injunction about having wealth. There's a heart level issue here. What if we really actually relied on the Lord instead of, in a way, weapons of war and political alliances? Note that the passage doesn't say don't have any horses. It's an injunction against political alliances that put trust in things that aren't God, right? That's why kings had lots of wives. Those were lots of wives were keys to political alliances. And when you are unequally yoked with unbelievers, you are tempted to rely on something other than the Lord. Injunction to the king here. The king shouldn't have things that tempt him to be to rely on something other than the Lord. Next couple verses, finishing it out. When he is seated on his royal throne, he is to write a copy of this instruction for himself on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. It is to remain with him and he is to read from it all the days of his life so that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to observe all the words of this instruction and to do these statutes. Then his heart, catch this, then his heart will not be exalted above his countrymen. He will not turn from this command to the right or the left and he and his sons will continue reigning many years in Israel. And herein, my friends, we find an element of what happens when we truly see Jesus, in a way, as, a, as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We realize that we're no better than someone else. We experience humility, right? The, the king here is to be in the Bible every day, so to speak. Why? So that his heart won't be exalted above his countrymen. And what happens, my friends, when we realize that we are all sinners saved by grace? Humility. I'm no better than you. I'm a sinner saved by grace too. But how is the king supposed to achieve this? Avoiding a heart exalted above his countrymen by reflecting daily on God's plan for things. My friends, politicians are great at dropping little scripture nuggets into speeches, but can you think of a politician who actually humbly recognized that they are just another citizen? They might have a different role, but, but they're just a citizen before God Almighty like we are. Do we have anybody to vote for like that? As you're going to hear in our Bible reading in the coming days, First and Second Samuel is about Israel's first king, Saul, and then ultimate king, David. But consider what Samuel did and heard when the people cried out for a king, just like God had predicted that they would. First uh, Samuel chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. When they said, give us a king to judge us, Samuel considered their demand wrong, why? Because it violated what we were just talking about. The, 
the Lord is supposed to be the king. Samuel considered their demand wrong, so he prayed to the Lord. But the Lord told him, Listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me as their king. My friend's quip sitting at the breakfast table, my friend's quip about voting for the wrong person wasn't saying that God appointed the wrong king. It was him acknowledging that God is the ultimate Lord and King, right? We might not always understand, but we know where our loyalty lies. My friends, as we go to the polls tomorrow and pursue the welfare of the nation where we find ourselves, may we pray that only true hope that can be found is found in the one righteous king who reigns from on high and will return to set every crooked path straight. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.